Welcome back to the Mafia Championship podcast. Uh, my name is Thingy Man. Uh, this is the first podcast we've uh, done in a while. Uh, actually, the first one since the qualifiers ended. And I'm very excited for it because today we will be talking with none other than this year's finalists. And uh, we got a lot of them. Uh, so I bet you're excited to see who they are. And uh, maybe you already know, but we also have a surprise guest. Someone jumped uh, on board for the podcast at the very last minute. So there's also a surprise guest for you guys. Uh, as some of you may know, the finale game ended uh, approximately two weeks ago. Uh, two weeks ago on October first, and for the first time since season three, the town won the finale game. So that makes it uh, three town victories total out of seven seasons. So we're about uh, making it up, up up there. So that's nice. And from both sides, uh, both uh, town and mafia, we were able to witness some truly amazing plays and players. So there's definitely a lot to talk about. There's a lot to dive into. Uh, regarding this game, regarding the season, and regarding next season. Uh, and any, if, if any of you out there, I already see uh, some of you out there. I see Nutella, uh, Tim's up to nothing, Holocat, Insomnia. What's up, guys? If you or anyone else out there have any questions for a finalist or for me, go right ahead and ask them uh, in the chat, and I'll try to note them down as I see them, and uh, I might ask them. Uh, what's up to Hallie as well, uh, a finalist? Um, anyways, without further ado, let me reveal who I have with me here today, and yeah, there are their beautiful faces. Uh, and as you may have noticed, the surprise guest is right, it's right up there, right on top of me. It's uh, Dizzy. Uh, happy to see uh, you here as well. Uh, and you guys can unmute yourselves now. Um, and I'll just quickly, uh, I'll do a very quick intro, uh, and I won't even ask you guys to introduce yourselves uh, like I've done in the previous podcast, because uh, people should know you by now, and if they don't, well, shame on them. Uh, they should go read this finale game. It, it was uh, an amazing one. Uh, let's start um, with, uh, we have uh, Arete from uh, Forum of Lies, uh, who's uh, also been on this podcast before. We have uh, Daike, a fellow staff member, and also representing Mafia Universe, so that's strong in my heart. Uh, we have Jagged Jimmy J. Uh, a, a lot of people uh, predicted he'd do very well. He's a former finalist, uh, played way back in Season 2. I was very excited to uh, scout him way back then, and uh, I was excited to see him uh, return after all these years. He, uh, he of course, uh, repped another community back then, but then became part of the syndicate, uh, which he is representing uh, this year. Uh, we also have, from that same season, also a Season 2 finalist, we have Master Radishes, uh, once again representing Canucks community. Uh, so that's two previous finalists. It's very exciting. Uh, we have with us uh, Fighter, uh, a well-known face around uh, MU. Uh, started played first time. Was it actually uh, season three? It must have been right. Season three. Yeah, uh, played uh, then. Uh, have played since and uh, made it to the finals. Uh, but his first time on the podcast. Uh, unfortunately, uh, we couldn't uh, get the game three podcast going. Uh, I do believe Fighter was on board for it, but unfortunately, not many other people were. Uh, but this time we have Fighter with us, uh, representing Mini Mafia, a video mafia community. Um, also representing a different community, an IRL community. Uh, by different I mean non-forum, because most people represent forum. Uh, we have with us Shepard, uh, the final surviving scum from the game, uh, representing LA Gaming Circle. And there's a lot of exciting storylines here. One, LA Gaming Circle uh, is being represented for the first time. It's an IRL community. Uh, I don't think it's been that many times. I'm not even sure if we've had someone representing IL community make it to the finals before. Someone should actually fact check on that. That's actually a very interesting uh, statistic to find out. Uh, but I do know that Shepard uh, walked into this finale, finale as probably uh, the most uh, uh, the 
the people that most people deem an outsider uh, had the least experience with forum and uh, with uh, the rest of the cast here because a lot of people here do ha- did have some uh, experience playing a mafia nurse and uh, well i think most people would agree uh, shepherd did a very fine job uh, here in the finale so that's very impressive very strong job and we'll also be touching on that uh, so that's our cast uh Again, thank you guys for being here. Uh, I'm very excited. This this first one we've done since the qualifiers. Uh, I hope uh, everything, uh, the sound levels and everything's all right. Like I just hope that I just plop this on. It'll work like it did the last time. Um, let me do a quick uh, cliffs of the game. So the game started strong. Uh, and many people predicted the town would win uh, a lot of the semifinals and the finale. So uh, it stayed true to the predictions. Uh, and the game started strong for the town with uh, two mafia eliminations uh, on the first three days. So it seemed like uh, the good uh, good times from the semifinals were just going to continue. It's going to be a breeze here in the finals. Uh, that wasn't exactly how it turned out. The tide seemed to turn after that. Uh, the town mis- maybe wasn't aware of it because they did seem confident that they still had the game on lockdown. So that was an interesting dynamic there. So I'm not sure it ever really came into play that town felt like the game was slipping out of the hands because it potentially was. Um, but ultimately, due to the strong plays surrounding uh, claims and power rolls, including plays from Master Radishes, including plays from non-Jote players, uh, the town was able to pull it back with the, the information they got. Like, the circle just uh, got narrowed down too much, and finally Shepard wasn't able to um, to escape attention. Uh, the game ended at Final 6, with Shepard being eliminated as the final goon. So there were two uh, lin- uh, eliminations that Shepard would have to have pulled off. Um, and I guess overall, oh, it's just a, it was a very swingy affair. And I'm curious to actually get your guys' perspective on the game and how it went. Uh, and like Shepard seemed to be part of the town course. I'm curious, would Shepard have won if had he found Master Radishes in time? What What do you guys think? And anyone can take this. I mean, it was yeah. never in doubt. It was never in doubt. It was never in doubt. The game. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that he would have won because the POE was almost completely um, demolished at that point, and I think some of the people would have started to listen to previous reads from dead POE once we were all dead. So I don't yeah. know that finding radishes would have been the thing that, you know, allowed Shepard to win. I think there were a lot of, um, a lot of cases that would have been more pertinent if people knew that they came from town. Mm-hmm. I mean... Yeah, so, like, sort of from my perspective, basically, the, I, the only way I think I really could have eked that out was if not only I found radishes, but Dizzy actually had to die way sooner because <laughs> during a tinfoil on day four, there was a post where Dizzy entertained this idea um, where basically you, like, accident... Like, not accidentally, but you basically, like, tinfoiled everything that happened in Wolf Chat perfectly, including, like, <laughs> my responses and stuff. And I was just like, and then you like, and then afterwards you were like, it's not Shepard. I, I, like, I forgot about it. Like my day before, I'm just like. Yeah. I was like, I read it and I was like, I can't respond in the thread right now. I'm not responding to this. I don't want anybody to like acknowledge that this exists. Oh and God. I think that like the fact that that was tinfoiled and obviously uh, certain other people also might have suspected me. A lot of things would have had to go right for that to end up differently. Yeah. I mean, that was the tinfoil that would have you know, come to life in my brain once I had stopped, like, tunneling fighter. 
but that was so much fun. I had to tell fighter. <laughs> I was so mad. I, I, I got, so then I got killed, and then I'm like, well, Dizzy was the joke, so that's fine, or whatever. I guess Dizzy was the joke. I was? I that you weren't the joke, and I was just like, oh, no. <laughs> so, fighter, how does it feel? I was trying to say something. I, I regret feels, nothing. I regret nothing. Feels very. It was very much uh, the poetic irony or dramatic irony, <laughs> if you know what it's called. When I'm the, I've been known as the Tunnel King for tunneling on people aggressively. Because yep. the entire game, that entire day, there was nothing I could possibly say that was going to get me nothing. Yeah, and you even wrote the post like telling us all to tunnel hard. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> and then you get so upset. <laughs> They burnt my onions for this game, and I'm still yeah. upset about them. I'm, I'm sorry about the onions, I am. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> Returning to the question, I do think Shepard could have won the game had he found Radishes sooner. Maybe not necessarily, but it would have helped at the very least. And I think so because having not only maintaining the living joke, whoever it was, that kept the real joke alive, and it also kept the window open for people to, to pretend to be the joke. And both of those things created clears, real or not, that influenced the direction of the way that people were eliminated from the game. Without that variable in play, I think there's a much greater chance of losing Arate or Diake or various other people. Dyslexicon would have been subject to some tinfoil without that doctor protection. Um, Slooney would have been without me being alive to tell people not to kill him. I, I think there's a lot of direction that game could have gone and it would have been beneficial to Shepard without these things happening. I think it I mean, also depends when, when we're talking he found me. If he, found, if he saw my hints in day three and killed me that night, death, well, who knows, but you know that would have affected things differently. If he didn't get me till the very end, um, there still would have been an ability to clear Dizzy, for example, and others to shorten the POE. And by the time you get to F3, F4, everyone's under reevaluation, So it's not a guarantee he would have won, but definitely he would have had a better chance. By no means. And that is actually, that is what I mean. Like uh, if it had been on night three that he had found you because I was uh, actually, uh, I actually spoiled myself on this game. Uh, so I viewed it with uh, like, well, perfect information eyes. And from my perspective, it seemed like all that information that cleared all that time was just so unfortunate for Shepard because he was actually very, from my perspective, well positioned. But of course, a lot can happen. Uh, new information come out, new uh, dynamics and interactions come out to clear other people. So it was by no means a certain, but it looked good for Shepard. Uh, and I'm curious, actually, uh, Shepard, uh, like, did the Mafia have any plans? Uh, how did you walk go into this game? And I know that a busting occurred, but was this... How how did that come about? Also, uh, okay. Well, the the game started, and I mean, we were all just kind of like playing and talking. And shout out to my mafia teammates that gave me like a lot of advice. And uh, specifically, uh, Michelle posted a lot of information about everybody's town stuff. And uh, you guys know me; I wouldn't have read all of it. And uh, <laughs> that helped a lot. And then during the first day, I kind of just I don't I didn't like intend. There was no plan to bust Michelle, but I like poked in that direction a couple times and then i think we all kind of realized that it was inevitable and we just have to make those early pokes look credible for day two uh i saw the tides turning against um i always read hallie as Haley in my mind i have to like auto correct <laughs> uh 
and uh, yeah, so against Holly, and my intention was actually, I didn't say this yet to anybody basically, but my intention was to make like a bad case, and I actually modeled it word for word after my, after my Radish Rich case from Semifinal 2, and I was like, I literally, if you go through them, they're like beat for beat the same case. <laughs> That's <laughs> I was like, okay, everybody's going to come in. The people that are doubting, like, are going to be like, oh, Shepard, this is a town thing that Shepard would do, but he's kind of dumb and he's wrong, you know? <laughs> like, that's what I thought might happen. <laughs> um, and then I was going to be like, well, you know, we talked about it in the wolf chat, and it was, seemed like Holly was definitely going to go over in the next couple of days, um, just based on the way the time was turning, you know? Like, not necessarily the next day, but maybe before like, we could do a Final Four or a Lilo. And then that case would then give me some town cred to carry it from there um the snowball after that was a little bit unfortunate and obviously i mean there was a red check but that was like the initial reasoning behind it uh, hallie also uh, comments in the chat uh, ship even got monkey killed and i've never seen anyone be townier than monkey in a game uh, by the way also shout out to monkey also a previous finalist who made it here to the final and hallie seems sad uh, that Shepard makes a bad case and then gets hallie killed anyway <laughs> guess that's <laughs> but that's very interesting i've actually i've actually legitimately never heard about that before and i, I guess i should have and i'm sure some people have done it before but to make an del a deliberately bad case uh hoping that you can get some credit for it but doesn't get followed and if it does get followed or oh, well uh, later on um like the dots are connected well you're on record as having pushed uh, a scum right so that's a very interesting strategy um I guess uh, let's uh, let's uh, uh, continue on from that and talk about busing in general because uh, I'm uh, for those who know me and for those who've read my article, the art of power, they know that I'm vehemently against busing. <laughs> I hate busing, and uh, I would never uh, like I start every moth game saying, "Guys, we're not busing," and if you do it, I'm kicking you off the team. <laughs> uh, so I've written an article on how it should be avoided. But busing was uh, a large part, uh, not the only part, but a large part of why Sherrod got the credit that he did in this game and was positioned so well here. So I guess my question is, should busing be avoided? Or is uh, is there a right time and place for it? There's definitely a right time and place for it. I mean, there are, even in turbos, if you can bus at the right time, you can win the game off your bus. You get cleared for it. So I don't think it's something you should never do. I also think it's probably done too often. Mm. And I personally tend very strongly anti-busing, more so than most people I know. But I also think that Shepard's bus here was at least evaluating things based on results, objectively a good decision, because Hallie was red-checked. And so like hard defending Hallie would have would have just meant that like eventually Radishes is like you you idiots I have a red check and Hallie goes over and he hasn't actually done anything because no matter how hard you defend someone you're probably not going to save them from being literally red checked um although like you can make arguments because like he didn't know that Hallie was red checked like that was a true fact about the game but not a fact that he was aware of when making the decision to try to bust Hallie so I don't know I, I think going off of that I think so I thinking man your guide to power woofing is the bible for my woofing game and I kind of developed it off of that um the problem with a lot of busing so busing is good I'm going to come out as team bus 
<laughs> the problem is that a lot of people don't plan their bus and they don't plan what are you trying to actually get from the bus. Are you trying to get town credit? Or are you trying to see somebody who is a sinking ship and trying to like make sure? Or are you trying to just like position your buddies to go further? Because especially as especially in Mashes on Mafia Universe, like if you have a 10-person team, your your buddies might benefit from you pushing on them because when you're dead. You look, they look good from your bus. So you have to figure out what amount of credit you're getting. And Shepard got that credit. Shepard got that credit going in. Everybody, I remember that last day I was talking, the last day I was alive, I was talking about um, do you buddy up and just go balls to the walls as a team for the rest of the game? Or do you throw your other partner to the wolves, uh, not well, to the wolves, probably technically to the wolves, to the town, um, and then take that credit and ride that credit all the way? And because Shepard had a pelt, that then distracted people from finding Shepard for a couple of days because everybody kept going back to that case and going, why would Shepard make that case? Because we have got that credit from that bus. Yeah. Uh, I, I, also, I also think that buzzing isn't like, it's not an isolated incident, you know? If you spent the game basically distancing from your partner, like, the whole game, and then a wagon forms, you can't just, like, well, I don't want to join that. <laughs> you ha kind of have to follow it through. Yeah, um, you so, kind of can get trapped into buzzing as well, mm. which is what I tend to do when I'm off. Yeah, I'm like, oops, sorry, I guess I have to buzz you now. And I guess that's that's those are the cases that I'm trying to argue that people should be mindful of because that's really the point of my article. It's not that you should never buzz. I say it like that so that people buzz less because I, I agree with Daike, people buzz too much. So in saying you should never buzz. That makes people bust less, and it makes going off what Fighter said, and we all agree, guys here. So that's probably why we're all uh, previous finalists, right? Um, you should have a plan. Like you shouldn't just you shouldn't just be trapped into it, or you shouldn't just do it because oh well, everyone else is doing, so I should do that. Those are actually the cases where maybe you should do something else because one, you're not going to get any credit if it's just what everyone's doing. Two, uh, you should look for an opportunity here to push something else because maybe a lot of people are going to get cleared off of that. So change the tide, do something else, or it's just going to snowball into something that's not good for your team. Uh, take the game into your own hands. Don't just be a, a, a um, standby. A standby. What's the don't stand by. Uh, I can't. Bystander. Bystander. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, it's well. so different in Horror Mafia than compared to real life when it comes to like busing and distancing because in real life you can get into like really nasty arguments with your wolf partners, you know? And like you can like have, and, and you know, town does this with each other all the time in real life too. But like when you see two people like physically like looking at each other like, you know, hey man, screw you, it's like way more powerful. Whereas I felt like on Horror Mafia, I was like, I don't even know how I, how I would distance. Like, how do I get mad at somebody on text, you know? Well, it is possible. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is possible. It has, it has happened. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure who's controlling the Daily Mafia user, but uh, Daily Mafia types, Fighter is more likely to be Mafia if he's pushing on Mafia. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> I actually, that was the argument that I used, yeah. Yeah, I kept telling people he would be more correct if he were Mafia here. <laughs> and the fact that he hadn't been on Mafia was, a, like, especially with Michelle, it was just like, no, guys, this is fighter-ass town. That was why it was such a weird argument. I had to walk in and just go, guys, I would be right at some point. Please don't kill me. Fighter's defense, he was right on the money as town in the previous game. I was on I'm so mad we didn't do a podcast for that one. <laughs> 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 
Right. What? Now you kind of had perfect reads, just like perfectly wrong. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it, was the, it was the unexecutable town versus the unstoppable tunnel. And me, me on Jack of Arms. I just case. needed you to set up the Jack case a little bit stronger, man. We could have carried it. <laughs> All right, after this podcast finishes, I'll let you have the floor fighter. I'll just leave the Twitch on for you, and you can talk about the uh, wild cards or semifinals, sorry. Okay. Uh, all right, so actually, uh, can I have one of you guys, for those who didn't closely follow the game, uh, so we can talk about it, the claims. Can, uh, is anyone here willing to try it? Uh, maybe this is a good bet, but is anyone here willing to cliffs uh, how the claims went? Um, and Whoever wants to right. can uh, go ahead. I can do it. Yeah. Um, well, on day three, uh, it became apparent to me that Radishes had a red check on Halley. Um, he hinted to me specifically, and I, I got it. I was like, oh, damn. Um, and then uh, during that day, I thought like half the game knew. <laughs> I just assumed. <laughs> um, and so in the end, uh, when, the, uh, when Halley came in and did a fake claim to try to save themselves, I claimed, uh, I counterclaimed because I knew that radishes was a joke, and um, and then um, stay positive friend uh, counterclaimed me <laughs> <laughs> just right after, <laughs> just like oh that's nice, like you don't have to, I'm the real joke, you don't have to like cover for me, and I was like okay let's play this game, and then Spider also claimed, but he claimed with a red check on Jack. <laughs> Fighter had a red check on Jack the whole game. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was kind of the three claims that was on day three. Uh, And so uh, there was no kill um, the following night because Shepard tried to kill me. He believed my claim. Um, And me and Stay Positive Friend kept up the charade among us. I tried to like, I tried to make her look like she was the real Jote. And so she was killed the following night. Uh, <laughs> nobody still knew who was the real Joe. It seemed I was like, <laughs> I still assumed half the game knew. <laughs> like, I cleared Shepard off of it. I thought he knew. Um, and then on day five, I think, uh, Aretha came into the game claiming Joe <laughs> with a green check on Daya. <laughs> At which point, both me and Radishes thought that Daya was the most likely mafia. So we were like, what are you doing? <laughs> you can't like come in and claim with a green check on someone we think are mafia when both us know that radishes is green joke. <laughs> like that was so frustrating and we had to like we had to chop monkey and we both were like, but we know monkey is town. <laughs> but we were also wrong because Daya was also town. So anyway, that was a really amazing claim by Arete. Um it was really cool. And so Aretha was killed the following night, flipping VT. <laughs> and Shepard was like, damn. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was all the claims. Uh, th- that's a lot of claims. Will the real joke please stand up? Uh, and on that note, uh, Halley also asked, uh, I'm curious to hear Radishes explain why he decided not to claim outright and what it would have taken for him to hard claim. Why would I claim when I had VTs doing it for me? I, <laughs> I, so I was basically screaming at Dizzy that I was the Jote. Um, And I didn't, I wasn't sure that he knew. And then he said, oh, I'm having doubts. And I'm like, oh, 
doesn't know. And so I'm screaming at him more. <laughs> but I'm also trying to indicate to Shepard that I'm the Jote by using references from semifinal two. And um, anyway, so I would, I was trying to figure out what I would do um, if, if I was trying my best to kind of nudge the thread towards Hallie and I felt I was doing a good job. I was constantly counting how many votes I had um, and I figured I have enough. And then when Hallie claimed, I kind of froze like, oh no, what do I do? Do I claim or not? The moment Dizzy claimed, I'm like, oh great. He knows, he knows it's me. I don't need to say anything. And I'll let him take that bullet for me or rather I saved him. And then SPF and fighter doing it was just amazing. That was one of my top moments in Mafia. It was just watching the chaos unfold. <laughs> and if you go back and read my posts, I'm just laughing at it all because I know what's happening. But I never would have claimed after that because I, I, I knew, you know, I had TMI. I knew who the real joke was. It was me. So anytime someone claimed, I was able to assess why are they doing this? What's their motivation? And it was very obvious that all three of them and then Arete later was were VT doing it because there's it would be a losing move to do it if you were scum because the moment the real one flips you're outed so no there's no point ever for me to ever come out until I was ready to well actually that's an interesting uh, situation because uh, is it a losing move for scum because obviously you've already seen several VTs uh, try to fly in front of the bullet and uh, at some point you would would have been at some point your bounce will be found out or you're going to claim and there might be, still be VTs who have claimed who are alive and they could just claim. So that's actually uh, my, my, I guess that's a question to you, Shepard. Did you even consider claiming or to play actually, along? I actually claimed twice. Nobody, just nobody saw it. Oh. <laughs> I claimed as well and nobody at saw the, it though. So. Yeah, yeah. Like at the end of, at the end of the first, at the end of uh, day three, I, uh, I posted like, wolves don't open this with spoiler. And it was just like, who should I track tonight? And then at the start of the last day, I claimed and I put my tracks. And all I that. mean, you'll be happy to know I saw that. I also still just thought you were a wolf. I was like, I was like, it wasn't a real claim, but I was like, I want to do this too. You know, I thought it, I was like, I want to get it. <laughs> I saw it and I just thought it was like you making a joke. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah, when you, but, when you, uh, that format was definitely a joke format. I saw that too, actually. But I would so like to say like for future games that if I'm ever the Jote, that's how I would claim Jote. So All just right. if you guys play with me in the future, kill me if I do that if you're moth. Just, just so you know. Uh, I will white text I'm the Jote at the end of a wall. That's what I'll do. I will say, I will say that it was, when Arete claimed it was very obvious they were VT because at that point it was a losing move if if they were scum. Yeah, um, the, when the, You had a green check on her. Yeah, <laughs> and I did have a green check as well, so that helped. Um, when, <laughs> Um, but when the three of them claimed end of day three, um, it was so sudden and so immediate and so chaotic that it was never going to be a wolf doing that. The only one who maybe I thought might have very quickly and cleverly tried to latch on was Fighter. But even then, I wasn't sold until Dizzy's case the next day, which just had to follow because it's Dizzy. Um, but it was... The you know I've I'm, once Dizzy claimed I knew it was he knew and once SPF claimed I knew that she didn't know what was happening but was just trying to be a good VT like I, I could just tell they weren't wolves, so. So I have another question. Uh, isn't it kind of risky to just uh, soft to people or uh, semi soft to people that uh, you're the joke? 
What if Dizzy's uh, mafia? What if Shepard actually picks up on it? <laughs> but Dizzy wasn't mafia. I knew he wasn't mafia. He was like my my top town, as unfortunately was Shepard. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, he didn't see that what I was trying to say. Um, the unfortunate part is the notes and all those things about you having Joe equity on day one and two. I didn't make those up. Those were real. <laughs> <laughs> and you I got convinced off of it. <laughs> Dizzy, Dizzy was super clear, especially after his interactions with Michelle. There was no way Dizzy was going to flip Wolf that game. Like yeah. from the beginning. Yeah. I felt, that, I felt that about you from, like, your opening post or whatever. I was like, oh, Diane's just telling this game. And, like, it took, like, like going back to the, going back to thought for a second, like, if Radishes gets caught, like, day three and, like, sauce too hard to the wrong person and doesn't have that green check on Daya, I think Shepard actually comes through and wins because everybody was just going to kill Daya next. Yeah, a lot of people didn't know my meta or, like, how I play, so they just assumed everything I did was Wolfie. To, from my point of view, it was more that it was your lack of thread presence. It just sort of fit the narrative of uh, not knowing what to do when Hallie's under the under fire, not knowing I was the Jode. It just sort of fit that, that you weren't as active, therefore you missed all these things. Hold, so. hold up, hold up. Do you think it's reasonable to assume that anyone outside of Dizzy or Shepard would have picked up on your cues? Spec Chat thinks so. <laughs> well, Spec Chat also had JJJ there. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, that is a I matter of perspective. I died for not knowing. I yeah, died I for not stop. knowing. I picked up on it, but I also had TMI because I tracked Radish's night one. Right. I actually think, I think it was Nutella in the chat who first caught what I was doing, actually. But I mean, that's also, like, someone that you've played with a lot yeah. at the Syndicate. No. So, like, would it be reasonable for people who haven't played with you before to pick up on, on your no. stuff? And I don't think it was. No, and I was very specifically targeting the people I thought could pick it up. I right, did actually... So using that to make a wolf case against someone because they don't know that you're the joke is kind of just, okay, well, maybe it's not a syndicator, but that doesn't mean that like it's going to be someone who is not on the syndicate. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you're using it as part of your like justification. It, it was very much process of... Like, I thought you were town for most of the game. Um, and I did say that now and then, but it was process of elimination. I thought it was going to be a ret, and then when it wasn't, I thought, well, it must just be Daya. And then that last day when we kind of allowed ourselves to eat monkey, and I was sitting there thinking, like, it's not monkey. It just fit too well. So I kind of confised myself into assuming it would be you in those last couple days because Shepard just seemed super town to me. The day, the day I claimed green on Daya, I... I felt like I felt like after I did that, I started to notice more of the things that made Daya a villager, which is kind of kind of dumb. Like I should have been able to pick up on those things earlier, but once I had locked myself into pushing a world where Daya had to be town, it was easier to notice those things. They actually POV slipped a bunch of times in ways that made them a super obvious villager, and I couldn't point any of them out because I was trying to maintain the illusion that I was a jote, and if I was a jote, I wouldn't be making other arguments for Daya being town. I just have a green check, which makes Daya town. Uh, um, Jack of Hearts also says, there were good reasons to town read Daya, but there were good reasons to town read everybody. Hallie says, it's hard when the last wolf is that deep, and we'll also be touching that, because of course, what happened in this game uh, at some points were that uh, townies and 
clearish townies uh, versus was suspected and that's just part of it but actually i just want to get back a bit to my question here uh, with master radishes um like uh, why even soft to some people uh what, what what was the reasoning behind that so that because i i had a red check and i wanted to make sure that if i died without revealing it or or because there's also at that point i was still very much in the poe just based on my own lack of activity as well. So if I knew that I was, I didn't, I knew I was getting to a point where it could happen that I was the lead wagon and me claiming, oh, by the way, I have a red check on Hallie wouldn't necessarily convince anyone. Um, and also just kind of honestly, kind of good sportsmanship. I didn't really want to out a red check in the finale. I wanted to try to see if I could make a case and convince people without having to do it um and so i was just i figure if i'm gonna do that i need to leave breadcrumbs i need to have someone realize what was happening and so i was trying to get dizzy and chef to notice who i was so that at the very least i did try it with Slooney and spf as well but i realized that was a long shot um because they wouldn't I, I gave up very quickly with them. I figured dizzy and chef were my best options at noticing me and noticing who, that i had a red check it was basically I was just trying to trying to not out myself so I would have future chances of tracks and and detects um, without having to reveal myself right away. No, I mean it makes sense. I was just curious because uh, there uh, there are, like I see uh, maybe two main reasons for it, and one of them is that indeed you can push your stuff without having to hard claim because if you don't have to, you shouldn't. And also there's the other part, which is what happened, and that was what I was curious to see if you actually predicted this is that. Uh, those people picking up your softs could do the claim for you uh, and actually just claim your stuff for you and just hard claim. And like that would be an interesting uh, world, right? Uh, so I'm curious uh, for you, Shepard, um, like how did you process all these claims? And uh, and do you, do, you, do you feel you were disadvantaged by not being used to mafia and maybe like picking up on claims and softs the way they're usually done in mafia or sometimes done in mafia? Yeah, so it's a little bit weird because the claim stuff is definitely, I actually, I tried to allude to it to, to help clear me, but it's true. So I've, I've played almost more, at, like probably twice as much Avalon as I have Mafia, and Avalon is basically a game of fake claims um, where your goal is to hide the seer. Uh, over text, it was just like so different, and I didn't, I don't know, I, I wish that I would have reevaluated. I went for Dizzy because... Um, the last wolf chat discussion we had was just kill Dizzy tonight. And then I was like, okay, the next night SPF might be Joe. They might not be Joe, but I thought SPF was actually the most town person there and the most person likely to like reevaluate me. Um, and I didn't want to come back um, for Dizzy yet because I didn't want like them to die and then that tinfoil to be discovered yet, you know? And, uh, I don't know. Every every day I woke up and my heart sunk because I was like, how am I how am I this wrong? <laughs> and then when uh, I'm sorry, I'm gonna say your name wrong. Uh, Arete uh, claimed I actually on the way home. I was driving before start of day and I was like, maybe it's them. And then when you claimed, I was like, I thought it was actually you. And I was like, oh my god, I could have just gone for the hero kill last night. Why did I kill SBF? And then it still was. I don't know. I was like, <laughs> game sucks I'm <laughs> <laughs> so i'm curious uh towards the last day um 
I think uh, I'm not sure if it was Dizzy or Master who said that uh, I'll I'll believe you, Shepard, if you tell me uh, where Master claimed where he softed. Uh, I'm not sure that's actually true, but I'm sure they would have liked to see uh, yeah. you uh, say what you had to say in relation so to that. I went to the first post in my notes that had Joad Equity on Radish, and I posted that. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I wrong. that was a big mistake because there was the Barty queue. And then later I like I posted the other thing, which was the cat blood thing. Um, which I didn't have marked as like joke claim. I was just like, what this is like really weird language, you know? And so originally I, I don't know, I was I posted that and I like hoped that would clear me, but I completely missed the Barney thing. I didn't even think about the past game. Dobby says, uh, nice outfit, die. I agree. <laughs> cool. Um, so so I, gu I guess my question is to you, Dizzy, and maybe the other people. Uh, I'm sure maybe it mattered most to Dizzy and maybe Mass Radishes, but had Shepard actually proven that he had picked up on that claim, like had answered that uh, correctly, would that have mattered for you? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had Shepard as a wolf from the end of day two, and I did not waver on that. Even when he might have picked up the softs, I didn't waver on that. He was just the last wolf. There was no getting around it. And it's because of Fighter and uh, Jack of Hearts. Because they made it so clear to me with their bickering on day two that they were not wolves. That it had to be someone outside the PoE. And that had to be um, either Shepard or Arit. And when I looked at Shepard's ISO... It was terrible with some of the reasons he came up with to call people wolves, like using spoilers. So for me, that wasn't at all um, a question. I would have pushed him anyway. I mean, if he pointed out a post to me where I was softing like Barney or, or anything else that was clearly indicating I was a joke, and he said, yeah, here's one. Yeah, I probably would have cleared him because why wasn't I dead if he knew? Um, that said, as I said earlier, when you get to say F3, everything is open to reevaluation. But yeah, I, I would have believed him. How about you, Tissi? Uh, I, I think I would to a point at least. And I also want to say like uh, me and Radishes played with Shepard in the semifinals. And that whole game, I didn't understand Shepard's reasoning for suspecting people as well. <laughs> like, yeah, I, had, I had I had the same experience with like, well, this makes no sense, but he's probably sound. Like, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so it's so funny because I thought more people had read Game Seven, um, my quality game. But if you read Game Seven and Semifinal Two, I actually play just completely different. At some point in Semifinal Two, I was like, I can solve the game and like post like I'm not solving the game. And then if I roll, ran if I ran wolf later on, people won't know my range. So <laughs> I posted some stuff. I actually did think the rich, the really stupid rich case that I made, I actually believed that uh, cause I wanted to, but I posted a lot of extra stuff. Like I would make a post and then I would add like four things in semifinal two. And I was like, I'm gonna post some nonsense. <laughs> well, that worked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was the first thing. If you scroll all the way up in the Discord wolf chat, I was like, guys, I'm so glad I did that in semifinal too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So I'm curious uh, it's because, so what happened after uh, the game started very well, uh, there were some unfortunate eliminations on Fighter. Uh, and I'm sure he has some thoughts on that. Uh, and on Hey Monkey as well, uh, previous finalist. Mm -hmm. 
Don't and forget Mist. We killed Mist day two. <laughs> and yeah. Mist was on this town. Mist was super that terrible. Mist uh, day two as well. Yeah. So, did, so I guess one. Did any of you ever experience that? Oh shit, we're making a mistake right now. Did you have that moment, uh, or did you also uh, have that? Well, it's too late to go back now. And like, how do you how do you navigate in that? Uh, and when it's close to end of discussion, do we just feel like reach a point of stagnancy? And it's just like, well. I guess we'll just have to go with it. Um, I've I've pro I've thought this before, and they were mafia, or uh, like, what do you say to yourself in those situations, or do you try to get out of it, and do you try to uh, like shake things up? I mean, I was pretty sure we were making a mistake when we killed Monkey, because Monkey was like super obvious town, but I had no idea who the last wolf was, and I had been wrong about like everything else that game. So I was like, maybe I'm just bad, and it is Monkey, and then. The other thing with the monkey execution is that, like, at that point, I was pretty sure the real joke was radishes, but not, like, 100% positive. And monkey had effectively claimed VT by asking us to kill her. So if we, I figured if we voted out monkey, there was absolutely no chance that we would, like, put the real joke in a position where they had to claim. Um, which which made it better in that sense than trying to go for, I don't know, Slooty, whoever else we would have gone for if we hadn't voted out Monkey. Um, for fighters, uh, death is elimination. Um, I definitely felt that way, and I kept trying to point out to people why fighter was a villager, but when that didn't work, I just spent the day investigating everyone else. So I spent the day doing ISOs and trying to figure out the rest of the game so that when Fighter flipped town, uh, I would be more prepared to, to go about the next day. Um, yeah, I have a lot to say about this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, when, when Mist died, I got that feeling like, I think, three minutes before the shot. Uh, because Mist had a really like pointed question towards me because Mist thought I was gone, and and that was just town. Like they didn't spend their like last three minutes trying to like get me, um, and I was like, oh shit, <laughs> this is wrong. And then but I, then Jack was the alternative who I also thought was town, and so then I realized that this was a mistake and this was going to go badly, and so I said in thread that I voted for Tim Horton. And that was kind of my <laughs> me expressing that. And I also felt that with Fighter, like, but I came into the thread so late that day, and then there was so much drama. <laughs> and then, but the way he was posting, I was like, oh no, oh no, he's gonna flip town. <laughs> it's gonna be terrible. Uh, but that at that point, I kind of felt like I was too far into the tunnel, which is like a terrible reasoning to keep doing it. But like it would just be so annoying if he was in fact scum mm. to change my mind at that point. That was kind of the reason I, I, I still kind of like kind of threw my hands up. And uh, I can relate. I also want to ask this question to you, uh, JJJ, Triple J. Uh, but first, I want to uh, bring up a statistic. Um, so, J and stay positive, friend, chop three scum in a row in their first game. They move on to the semifinals. They chop another three scum straight in a row. They again roll town together in the finals. They start off chopping one scum. 
and then on Jay's final day alive, uh, he chops a townie and ruins the perfect streak. Uh, but I'm sure I'm I'm pretty positive that you still set a record with Stay Positive Friend. I'm also not sure. Does that feel good sharing the record? It's like, damn, I did so well, and there's another person who was there for all those uh, eliminations. God damn it. <laughs> Maybe it's not the most accurate depiction of events, but nonetheless, Stay Positive Friend was alive for more of those than I was, so you could give her the record on her own. Um, mm. Because I was killed first in the semifinal game. Ah, uh, so yeah. For the last one. Oh, so I guess she does have it. But I guess, but in any case, my, my question is, uh, the reason I'm bringing this up, is like, did this feel different, the chemist, uh, like that, that final uh, elimination in the finals before you were killed? Like, could you feel it? Slightly. Um, not enough that I would have felt any inspiration and saying let's go a different direction i wouldn't say that i felt that moment of doubt that you've described here at the end i felt that before and it's not that i was certain about mist being mafia i wasn't but i did think that it was the best case in front of me so i, I felt that that's the direction i should go um and unfortunately that was the end for me so <laughs> couldn't make amends yeah. <laughs> sorry missed the other, the other case was a villager, too. The other case was Jack. Yeah. My case, unfortunately. Um, to defend the town and defend these pushes, which is crazy because I was one of the pretty people. <laughs> in the semifinal three, what happened was we spent day one, we were on, I think it was Wisp versus Andre. And then about like the last hour and a half of the day, Andre came in and started being the townies, people being physically possible. But we're already, so you get that mindset of like, oh, no. But I think that if you've been doing the work, like if you put in the work and you made the thoughts and you made the cases, like Izzy made that case for like 15 hours or so or whatever amount of time that was. So like it's completely defensible to be like, hey, I'm having these hesitations, but I spent all this time making this and thinking about this. I don't want to throw away all of my work because usually your work rewards you. Every once in a while, like this game, unfortunately, bites you in the, bites you in the ass. But this game, you know, this game, it unfortunately bit more, but usually it actually works out. There's also like, um, I'm a guy who says that often I can completely 180 based on one post uh, in a in, in a game, uh, and that can certainly happen. But there's also like that, uh, like you say, fighter. I guess that maybe this is also some of what you would agree with is that you put in the work and you also outline the case. You've outlined your suspicions and you told a person this is why they're scummy, and then they start doing stuff that uh, appeases you. And like, can you take that into account? It's also sometimes the case, right? Uh, like you've done the case, and sure, you've done some stuff to pro uh, to improve on these uh, things, but you haven't done stuff outside of that, maybe. And that's a reason to maybe just well, I'm sorry, I just gotta stick with the case because this isn't enough to persuade me. And I guess that can also factor in sometimes. Um, well, this is the finals, and uh, I should say because I actually haven't addressed this uh, publicly here on the podcast, uh, Lisa will not be joining us to uh, reveal the votes. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, she will be revealing them uh, very soon, I'm pretty sure. Last I heard, she was only missing one vote, and that was a couple of days ago, I think. So she may actually have all the votes, but she wasn't available for this podcast. But they will be there soon, and I'm sure we're all excited to see them. Uh, but in the meantime, we can all be happy and jolly, and no one can be disappointed with their placement because no one knows how they play. So that's good for the podcast, right? <laughs> Though I'm sure uh, with the, the crowd we have here, no one would be bitter about how they place. Uh, and no one... I don't even see how that's possible with the level of talent here. And that actually brings me into my next question uh, regarding voting. Uh, so I guess I'm curious to uh, hear how did you guys, uh, not how did you vote, but like 
why did you vote the way you did or what did you take into account and like how do you define best because that's what we're asking you we're asking you to rank the best player and how does that differ if at all in your opinion from mvp um because one thing uh, is like when we reach the finals like the level of play or the level of players is so high that it's not really about finding the best player at that point it's probably an mvp vote uh in most seasons because they're just good and it's not you can't you can't pinpoint the exact best player it's just who did the best among the best players in this uh, particular circumstance um but anyone can take this question and i don't know if you agree or not i tried to separate them uh, finale or not in any of the votes that i placed and it's not easy to do it requires a great deal of subjectivity and you have to kind of make yourself the authority on what is good and what is best, even if you don't really think you deserve to be the authority, because that's what you're being asked to do. That's the process. And I, 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 to the best of my ability, I asked myself the methodology that this player employed, the skills that I feel that they displayed, do I feel that they, they would translate between alignments and that they would consistently result in victories? And then I asked myself that about everybody and I tried to make comparisons and you want to separate process from result as much as you can, but you also can't do it entirely. I know sometimes people might have the mindset that it's not about the reads you make or whether or not they're accurate. And I think that's too extreme. You have to consider accuracy too. You can't just assume that someone's going to be accurate one game, despite being inaccurate in the present game. So it's not easy to do. Not easy to parse, but you try your best. I tried to base it on what goals were the players trying to accomplish and how how far they they accomplished those goals in this game. So like, you know, if a player was really good and you know made it made it uh, made themselves clear, on their cases and they were trying to get their cases across and get people eliminated based on those and they succeeded in that then I, I put a little bit more weight on it than someone who wasn't trying to do the same thing and of course everyone is willing to give you a look into their mindset during the game in post game um, so it was really easy to see things like what the goal of their actions were and how successful they were at those uh, goals Yeah, I. Uh, okay, I was gonna say I think one thing I struggled with post game was also um, separating meta knowledge because I played at least one game with a lot of the people in the finale and some people multiple games, and so I've seen them as both alignments, but it wouldn't be fair to judge them on my previous experience with them because some people I'm playing with for the first time. So I, the for me the struggle was really making sure that I was only basing my assessment on this game and what they did this game or were trying to do this game. Um, so, and I, that was a tough vote. <laughs> I, I think I'm going to catch flack as the contrarian. I vote for this game like it's an MVP vote. I know it directly says, don't do that. I vote for that because that to me, like we talked, what are the highlights of this game, right? We talked about, we spent a lot of time talking about the joke claims. We spent a lot of time talking about Shepard ending up being caught, but Shepard busting and things like that. Like, it's the players, like, we're supposed to technically be, granted this is debatable, the 15 best players in Mafia right now to be made the finale. 
So we already know everyone's pretty good, but what I think to me sold people and sold my votes is what impact did you make on this game going off of kind of what Diaz said? What impact did you make and how did that help your team? Did your team win more? Or did you put them in a better win percentage to win? Um, and so like I go into those votes going like, okay, here's my list of players. Who are the impact players in this game? Because, and I know that granted, it's not fair to whoever dies night one, which I think this game was Dobby slash Roro, who actually had a good soft fake claim and got through and got killed for it. But at the same time, like the impact of the game, I think is what determines who wins, who loses. So that's how I vote it. Um, I, I just think for me, like Mafia is always a team game. So listing players, it, it, it kind of doesn't, it didn't make sense for me when I was doing it. Like I, I felt like I almost couldn't do it. Um, so I just tried to ask myself, uh, what person do I really, really want on my team? Whatever team that is. And then I tried to just rank people off of that, but I wasn't happy with my ranking at all because I don't know, it, it, it just didn't make sense to me. Um, I know, we are at, yeah. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I know when I was making my, my rankings, both in the semifinals and in this game, the question I started off by ask, asking myself was like, whose play can I like justify not putting in the top seven? Because everyone was so good that it was hard to hard to leave anyone out. But obviously I did have to leave like half the game out because you can only rank seven people. And then I like tried to tried to do that. And then once I had the, the seven people that I could least justify leaving out, I tried to rank, rank them. And that was actually easier in some ways. Um, because it, cause it's something about putting people in order was easier than just choosing which people to include in, in the top seven ranking at all. Although in both, in both games, I was like, all right, I've cut out all the people that I could theoretically justify not putting in a top seven. And I have more than seven people left. I'm not really sure what to do about that. Um, and that was that was really hard too, because it meant I was it meant I was leaving deserving people completely off the completely off the the, the list. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's a lot of uh, good uh, points being brought up. Uh, I should also say, as the organizer, and I've said this before, but I'll say it again because maybe someone out there hasn't heard it before. But the goal isn't to objectively find the best player. That isn't possible. Uh, it is to, well, first and foremost is to have fun and to create a bonds between communities. And like, I just love seeing like new communities like Shippers join and uh, like seeing all this happen. I, that's just what I enjoy and seeing all the friendships that are made. Uh, so that's definitely the first and foremost goal. With regards to the winner, like that goal is just to have a winner that everyone's satisfied with. Like where people think, yeah, he's a pretty, uh, they are, he or she, they are a pretty good player. Uh, I can get behind that. And my feeling has been 100% uh, that that has been the case so far. And uh, like with the people that I'm seeing here, uh, if it's one of you or the other people who are in this finale, I'm pretty sure it, it will be the same whoever uh, uh, gets out on top this season as well. Uh, Daisy brings up a good point with this, with it being a team game. And like uh, people bring up two reasons that uh, often the scum win more in qualifiers. One of them being that people uh, are new to each other. They don't have meta on each other and they are used to different things, different standards of play, etc. And the other being that there's a lot of egos at play, uh, a lot of egos clashing with each other. And like that's also a big, uh, uh, and I think that's both those things are true. 
uh, and that I think also for a town to win a game, you need to have different skills at play, different personalities at play, uh, preferably. I'm not saying it can be done with all egos, it certainly can, uh, but it's best if people can take up different roles. And sometimes you might not appreciate uh, s- uh, someone's uh, role uh, that much, but they actually played a large role for the dynamics of the game that actually created the foundation of success that was needed to win the game. Uh, so like you you could maybe call some players support players and th- those might not be appreciated as much but they're they're probably pretty needed uh, in general to actually have success in games uh, i can also understand fighters point of view uh, we do say we want it to be based on best player but i, I understand the arguments you come up with and it was sort of also uh, in continuation of what i was saying and also the finale like this game you just played it's a very special and unique game so we're asking you to ask uh, to evaluate who's the best player in general and in in any or in any other game, but you're basing it on this game, and this is not just any other game. This is a very special game with very high talent. So whoever and you're not gonna be in this situation that much, uh, or maybe ever again. Uh, some of you have, of course, before uh, and might, might again. But it's a special game, so I can understand basing it on what happened in this specific circumstance. And finally. Like uh, like uh, Jagged Jimmy J also touched on like what to base it on and uh, and you were saying that you were also trying to look at like how well can some skills uh, uh, translate to uh, the mafia game and town game uh, and vice versa I, and I think that's very important to look at because uh, as a thing that also happens with voting is often that town uh, uh, look very much at what uh, towny skills were uh, shown in the game and mafia look at what uh, mafia skills shown in the game and they don't really appreciate uh, the skills shown by the other side as much uh, that's why I uh, personally uh, like to look at the, the skill that translates to both sides like if I were to if it, in my opinion charisma is the number one skill like the ability to persuade people with your charisma because there's a lot of ways to persuade people you can have good arguments you can have a wall post but it's different Uh, people are persuaded by different things but if you have charisma if you're able to reach people with like your personality and have them want to trust you and do what you say i think that's gonna always uh benefit you a lot uh so i don't know if you guys agree with that if you if you or do you think charisma is the most important thing or do you would you say something else is ranked higher for you I actually, I think some, I, I don't know if it was this game or the last game, but I think I got asked by another player, um, when you're going to kill somebody, do you kill them based on like X, Y, or Z? And it was like a list of options. And the option that I picked was uh, the most charismatic player um, because as a werewolf, um, they're the biggest threat. If they find you, you're the most likely to go over. And then oftentimes on the versus town, part of, I do actually... Was I mean I said earlier I messed around and said no, I am a very tinfoily player and part of that is um, I get scared when people have the charisma to change the town's mind and that's why I'm like oh you're trying to be the town leader I don't like that yeah I don't I don't like that <laughs> I mean we have a lot of charismatic players here uh, I guess no one's saying it they disagree I I do <laughs> I disagree I... sorry go ahead okay sure um. I don't know if I would say that charisma is the most important factor. I do think it's important. If I had to isolate one thing that I think translates the most and is the most important, it would just be effort. Mm. Um, I think the harder you play, the more likely you are to win, regardless of what the situation is. But charisma certainly helps. I mean, I think in this game particularly, there were some people who tried to take the town leader role and it didn't really work out for them. 
Um, so they tried to have that charisma that they normally have, and it just didn't fit this game. So I don't know that I would say that charisma was the most important part of evaluating that player because they had the charisma. Um, it just didn't work for them. Um, I think looking at how they played the game, what skills they showed off, how effective they were with those skills was a more important look for me than, than how charismatic they were, how, many, how often they got people to side with them. And maybe that's just because I could not get people to listen to me at all during the game, but um, I couldn't base anything on, on that because I know everyone had good thoughts that were being ignored by others for possibly terrible reasons. Those are two very good points. And actually, I'd like to amend already. And that's, this is why I love discussing this stuff, uh, because you you often forget this stuff. So I think I would amend my own statement to say that charisma, effort, and I guess I would call what you're talking about, at least my uh, version of what you're talking about, uh, adaptability, because I think that's also very important. Like You have to be able to adapt to the situation and the players. You can't just rely on your old uh, tri- bag of tricks. Uh, as maybe some people were trying to. Uh, I, can't, I can't believe I'm going to add this to the points, but correctness? Like, I like I, it's super dumb, but like, <laughs> you know, kill the people who have good reads, even if they're not getting listened to. Like, if you take somebody, like, Daya, like, had Shepard dead to rights for, like, about half of the game. Like, at, like granted, it was probably in best interest to keep Daya alive and try to get them killed, but if you just slip in and kill Daya, next thing you know... Um, like you have your biggest naysayer taken out. Like I'm a believer in I would just kill the people with the right reads and just kind of right on keep moving. Unfortunately, you can't really play that in the setup, but I think that's a big factor for me in evaluating things. My favorite thing is scum is when there's someone who's like correctly death tunneling me and then I kill them and the Same. entire town just completely ignores them and like never considers that maybe the reason the person who spent like all of day one saying Arte is a wolf, Arte is a wolf, kill Arte, die is because Arte is a wolf and then in post game I get to be dead shot and I suggest the villager I killed being salty that no one is following his reads and I'm like yes, yes exactly. <laughs> I, I will say about the charismatic uh, versus like salty thing i i just maybe this is the irl side in me i was trying to say this earlier i don't know if it's clear like i do think charisma is probably like the number one skill that i value in werewolf and that's with one given which i think is for the final crew is that charisma only matters if you have the fundamentals i've played games where i play with people who have charisma and they're like fucking awful i'm sorry i can't call it the curse they're like awful <laughs> at the game and like they get everybody to like oh we're gonna do this we're gonna do this and then they flip town at the end and they just like we're completely wrong you know but going into this game i feel like especially the way everybody played, it's a given that everybody in the finals has fundamentals. Everybody in the finals understands the basic ABCs of how to find wolves or how to hide as a wolf. And the real difference is, you know, maybe there's like differences in that skill level, but it's how are you going to get people to listen to you? How are you going to get town cleared? And I think, honestly, people we always talk about, and I I don't want to throw shade on anybody, we always talk about like, oh, uh, you town clear people based on this or this. I think 90% of the game is emotional, I think when you read a post, it's not if the post is good or not. It's if the post was charismatic to you, and that's, like, how you actually town clear. And then I think everybody just makes up reasons to, like, do it the other way, uh, even to themselves. And maybe I'm just saying that because that's what I do. But it's, like, you can read a post that are bad and then be, like, oh, they're town, you know? Sure. No, I, and I agree with you. That's also why I say charisma over 
correctness or reads or fundamentals because one also assume that at this level uh, those things are in place and secondly and most importantly to me is that you could have the right reads but if no one's following you then it doesn't matter uh, whatsoever uh, and also a lot yeah, of people it was very frustrating yeah all <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we got there in the end though <laughs> So, um, also, I want to give a shout out to uh, Jack of Hearts, who's also uh, in the chat, has been for some time. Um, <laughs> and he says, oh yeah, charisma is far more important than having good reads, because I only have one of those things. Wowie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel that on a spiritual level. <laughs> um, next question on the agenda, and it's um, connected to what we've already talked about. Do you guys feel that there are any kinds of processes or skills that are most consistently conducive to winning? Jay wants to talk, I'm sure. I mean, I do think that the answer would be yes, but I, I, it, it's difficult to piece together what the answer specifically would be. Um, because I want to preface this most importantly, there are many, many different ways to be effective and play the game in a way that is conducive to winning. There's, there's no singular, proper, correct way to play Mafia. Indeed, if you play the game with that mindset, you're probably not going to win very much. Um, but I mean, play it like you and stay positive, friend, seems to be a way of doing it. <laughs> we were lucky three times. Um, but I think that playing with charisma is important. Playing with poise, I think that's extremely important and perhaps underrated, especially at a high level where everyone's going to have at least a little bit of a paranoia influencing your play because everybody's good at Mafia. Everybody can play the Mafia alignment. Um, so playing without a sense of panic, which is probably the single best thing Town did in this game, I think, especially when they started to face adversity. So that's something that, that's important to me, and I think that's very much a part of process um, because you have a game plan. And if you're playing with poise and avoiding panic, then you're playing to the game plan, even when it's not going your way. <laughs> that doesn't mean you have to stick to it the whole time, that you never deviate. Of course not. But if you have the confidence and the comfort in your own approach, that you can stick to it, at least the general fundamental aspects of what you're doing, even when the going gets tough, that's critical. Because I think... I, one of the statistics that we talked about in my previous podcast was that when Town correctly um, eliminates the Mafioso day one, they still lose more often than they win in the Champs tournament, which suggests to me that they start well, then something goes south, and then they panic. And that could have easily happened here. So that's one example of process that I think is important. There are so many others. I think um, something that was kind of missing this game until the last day was that that is very useful in every game I've ever seen is reevaluating your town core and when to do that. Um, so it's not necessarily that you're evaluating a specific way, but it's that you're doing the reevaluation at all. You know, if you're someone who goes through ISOs, then you know, um, going through ISOs again on your top suspects and on on the town to make sure that they're actually in your town core on the last day is valuable. If you're a person who makes reads based on skimming the thread, you know, re-skim the thread and see if 
if those reads still make sense to you or not with the new information you've had from people dying. Um, and we did that very well on day five or six, whichever day was the last day, but we didn't do it well up to that point. And there was a lot, there were a lot of um, red flags for me, at least, that were popping up as, hey, you know, the POE isn't right. So what do we do about the POE? And getting people to think about reevaluating or opening their POE, which was necessary to get Hallie killed, um, would have been a more valuable skill than simply, you know, trudging through ISO after ISO. I would say the only day I felt town really didn't perform well relative to the others was the day we got fighter chopped. We tunneled into that so quickly and so easily that we didn't reevaluate. But up to that point, I felt in general, our process was good. Um, uh, obviously I had TMI on Hallie, but I was, I didn't find it difficult to convince people to reconsider Hallie, like people were, were willing to on day three, um, as it turns out, helped by a hard bus from Shep. Um, and then on day five, when we were forced to reevaluate our POE thanks to the joke claim, again, we, we, we fired wrong on Monkey, but we were trying to reevaluate. We just hadn't gotten to the right conclusion yet, speaking collectively. Obviously, Diab was there for a while. But I think that day four was not a, not a shining beacon of, of that town's play, of our play. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's all the Dizzy's fault. It's all uh, put it on handkerchief's list for next for next season. Era asks, how could you tunnel on the Tunnel King? <laughs> I had to. <laughs> so much fun. Can I get some hypes in the chat for Era, by the way? Hi. Legitimately <laughs> like the nicest Hi. person in the Mafia community. Uh, for sure. For I sure. want to bring up one other thing that I think is um, a valuable skill um, in Mafia, um, which I think ties in with charisma, and that is just to not get chopped um, as either alignment. Like, if you are able to just not get chopped, that is a very no. valuable skill. Yeah. So. That's what I was saying earlier when I was like, part of why charisma is so good is because town clearing yourself as either alignment is probably one of the most impactful things you can do. Yeah, and it's very, very impactful as Mafia. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, if you survived the game, you won it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Jack was Jack of Hearts was just so unshoppable this game. Like, by hell. He always I tried so hard. And every he time, he's just so damn charming. You're like, I'm like yeah, I could kill somebody else, but let's kill somebody else. No, for sure. I think if you uh, look at a... If there were... Uh, if everyone here had played a thousand games and you looked at win percentage, I think you would see it is highly correlated with the person who had the highest survival rate in both uh, alignments. I think what, that would definitely be the case. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, let's talk. Let's have a light subject. Um, uh, I guess it, I don't, I'm not sure. I hope it's light. Uh, how exhausting was this game and or the season for you? Or did you ever, like? Did you? How did you deal with it? Did you force yourself to take breaks? How would you recommend others to deal with it? Did you experience the diminishing returns? Or what are your how thoughts? How are your relationships doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I can only speak for myself, but I had like just come off a surgery and ended up having to have a second surgery like the day after we started um, and like was on pain meds and everything. And I could barely focus enough to read through the day in, uh, in the game. I was just so exhausted reading it. It would put me to sleep. Um, but like every day I came back and I tried to read more and tried to interact more. And it was just so hard. This game was super exhausting because everyone had a lot to say. And they were all good things. Yeah. This game was, I mean, I obviously didn't have surgery, but this game was incredibly exhausting. You can see that in my post count as it trends <laughs> downwards as the game goes on. So like on, on day one, I'm making like 130 posts, which is like maybe not as much as everyone else, but like it's, it's, it's some. And then on the last day I was alive, I have like 50. Um, and then I know an issue I had was like, I moved into my, 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 my dorm at uni partway through the game. And um, I, kept, I kept being like, well, I should go play this game that I'm a part of. And I, when I try to do that, I'd be like, but I need to unpack my dorm room. And when I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna unpack my dorm room. I kept being like, but I need to go play forum <laughs> evil spiral for, for I mean, me for me the funny thing was actually not chances chance itself was like the normal pace load i felt like for me it was uh semi-finals semi-finals i was like i forgot what time my game was because i was in a euro game so i literally was like having a few brewskis and i was playing some fall guys and then i was like oh shit my game started <laughs> so then i showed up and i'm like still like having a drink like trying to sort through the game itself i think we all took a collective break the one day, which was really neat. I never saw that before, but other than that, it was super intense the entire way around. I mean, I, I went into this game just knowing I had to lower my expectations for myself because I just started back teaching. Like It was like the first week um, I was working again, so I knew I'd only have a couple hours a day, but I still wanted to play. So having those lower expectations, I think, helped me with stamina. Like I knew I was... In, Assuming I could keep myself from getting mischopped, I was never going to be a night kill just because I wasn't going to be a threat to the wolves. Um, this was before Randing Jote. Um, and so, yeah, it was just, it was, it was easier for me than I might have expected to kind of just keep my expectations low for myself. And some days I just wasn't very present, and some days I was more present, and it just really depended on the day. But I knew that going in, so I was okay. But yeah, I didn't have surgery either. So it's a bit different. I wouldn't say I was exhausted by the game, but also my time in it was rather short. But it was certainly intense. Um, essentially, during my two cycles, I had to choose between preparing for a test in my graduate program and playing the game, and I failed the test. And it, that's not something I'm accustomed to, but it was horrible. I, was, I went into the test, and I realized that I had not this first effing clue what I was doing. And... I would attribute that 100% to this mafia game. Because I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. It was my choice. <laughs> I could have prepared and I didn't. Um, but I think that's it's not that, that reflects what everybody here is saying to some extent. Uh, Even if you are exhausted, yeah, I, uh, we all I wanted to win. <laughs> well, sorry, what are you saying, Shepard? I said, oh, yeah, no, I, I gave up too many life responsibilities for this game. Yeah. 
I moved in on the first day. I, that's why I was like gone for like a big chunk of it. And I was supposed to move in earlier, but then like the moving dates didn't work out. So I had to move in on the first day. And then I lived in a apartment, like a full apartment of only boxes and a laptop playing mafia. And, <laughs> work. and I knew that I had a big disadvantage. I didn't have a lot of experience um, in playing for a mafia. And that's part of why I asked for those games. I actually typed that post up before because I was like, while reading those games, I was also kind of like studying what people were doing. And I ended up, I shouldn't, I kind of regret doing it now. I don't know how much it actually changed, but I ended up reading like 10 games while also playing champs. And by the sixth day, my brain, I couldn't read another post. I was like, yeah. I can't do this. Uh, yeah, like that's the, that's the secret to not having it as intense is that like, I didn't really read every single post intensely. Oh, we know. <laughs> <laughs> guys but i think the best way to handle that kind of stuff is you, you basically are skim reading and you're trying to pick up like all right is this something that i think is nonsense or is this something i really think this person believes and then if you don't get it like you don't have to sit there and analyze every single post that comes in just move on and move on we talked earlier about like boring posts like some posts are boring posts that aren't going to help any any either way like just skip them and move on and i think that really helps with dealing with the workload of the fan plan that that is definitely. Say, oh, sorry. The high post count of the game, I think, actually was a detriment to the town in a lot of ways because there were a lot of really correct things that I had TMI that were really correct that got buried. Um, and I think there are some things that like weren't even like ever found. Like there was a post about um, I think it was Hallie at like on day two that somebody made, and I don't remember who made it. And like that, just like got buried because the thread was so just moving. Yeah, uh, that's what uh, Soa has dubbed information overload, and I definitely think it's a thing. Some people uh, will disagree, but uh, I, I do think most uh, games on MU in general would uh, benefit from less posts, not uh, many less posts, but but less posts or fewer posts. Uh, shout out to Daniel who's in chat. Uh, it says "Great for losers, Mafia's life." Uh, and he says they're fun, but I, I do want to say that like I think it's 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 awesome that we have 165 players, most of whom went into this with a lot of dedication and love and respect for the game and their fellow competitors, and like chose to sacrifice life responsibilities for this. And like, uh, and I'm up here uh, late at uh, night with a fellow yours doing a podcast. Uh, my wife gets a bit annoyed, but I like I have to do it. This is this is my passion, and this is your passion, and that we're all um, like bonding over this. And uh, I just think that's amazing. Uh, limestone, the real priorities indeed. So I want to thank you for like, uh, for joining this and, uh, and being a part of it and uh, making it uh, what it is, uh, which is an amazing thing. Yeah. Thank uh, you and the MU crew for putting it together. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. shout out to Lissa, who, who is uh, the main organizer of this season, for sure. Um, Let's uh, move on to a different topic. Uh, the setup for this season. Um, I know there are some uh, different opinions uh, regarding the setup. Uh, specifically, well, I guess I have two questions. Uh, one, did you enjoy the setup or and or did you enjoy it as a championship setup? Uh, and two, uh, what did you think about the balance of it? Do you find it to be town-sided, uh, mafia-sided or to be balanced? 
So my home site has memes about me liking this setup because they all <laughs> think it's a bad town-sided setup. And I think it's like, I mean, probably a little town-sided, but like not a terrible setup. They're saying COP 13 is better, which is blatantly ridiculous. Um, um, but I think the big thing about this setup is that everyone has noticed is that it gets specifically town-sided if there are jokes alive at the point when there is only one wolf still alive because at that point, any track and any motion detect becomes a clear. Um, and um, I think the, the dynamic that, that that creates is one that discourages busing, which is interesting because we still saw a lot of busing in chance. But I think it's interesting to have a setup that works like that in the sense that in the sense of making it so that so that you're mechanically disincentivized to, from busing because a lot of people do see that as one of the main tools in their wolf strategy kit um i don't know if that makes sense i, I think it makes sense and and i mean that's an interesting part of, of balance as well i mean that you're uh, I mean, I would say that uh, mafia teams get better when they don't bus. So having a setup that disincentivizes busing should produce more mafia wins, in my opinion. Uh, and it certainly didn't qualify. So let me actually uh, let me provide the statistics, and we can talk based off of that uh, if you guys want. Uh, we had uh, essentially we had in reality we had ten uh, qualifiers because one was cancelled, uh, and we had two out of ten town wins in those. In the three semis, we had two out of three town wins, and in the finale, that was a win. So in total, we have five out of 14 town wins across the season. That is a 36% win percentage. So most of the people who are familiar with statistics would say that based on sample size, that is statistically insignificant, and we can't actually conclude a damn thing based on that. Uh, we, uh, but it it doesn't. It wasn't 100%. It wasn't 0%. It's within the range of that. It this could be uh, appropriately balanced, which I think is a good sign, and that's the closest we're gonna get to it. I think based just on statistics, but how it feels and like how it how people experience it is certainly also a thing. So that's why I want to ask you guys, uh, um, what do you think? I think? The setup was fantastic, especially for the champs uh, context, and I also think that it was balanced. I know that prevailing opinion, at least for some folks, seems to be that it was town-sided. And if it's sided either way, perhaps it's slightly town-sided. But it's balanced enough that I'm going to just call it balanced. 55-45, if you like. Um, and frankly, people are calling last year's setup town-sided when <laughs> town won one time. So, um, but I think it's great because it is adjacent to mountainous and that there is a mechanical aspect of the game, but it is minimal. And the primary draw of the game is going to be the core fundamentals of mafia that hunting for mafia and avoiding being hunted and when i saw the setup initially was the main motivator for me to sign up for it i played in season two when it was a cop 13er and it's a similar setup at least in that it is predominantly vanilla but in that game the power roll is so so extremely important that it almost defines the entire game and it's different in that way so I really like this setup. I think it was a great decision, and I think it will it probably does a good job of reflecting what most sites play. I know a lot of us prefer mountainous over other setups, including myself, but most sites just don't play it. So it wouldn't be 
necessarily the most appropriate. So it's something close to mountainous without being mountainous. So I think that's great. Can I just oh. say, I personally really love the setup. Um, a randing joke twice. Yeah, I'm good with it. Um. I, uh, I think the interesting thing about the setup is I really do think it's really good compared to, I like I said, I've never played another four Mafia setup, but I've played a lot of Mafia uh, with rolls, without rolls, etc. And it's just like, I think what the setup does is it produces the results that will let you see who the best player is, which is the goal of it. That said, uh, I don't particularly think it's very fun. Uh... Like I would, I would play this in like in a setting like this, where the fun of the setting is when I'm sweating and I'm like making fifty <laughs> spreadsheets. But like, if I had to go to like the syndicate and play a game or something like that, I and this was the sort of format, I'd be like, I'd rather play mountainous or nothing at all. Um, but like, the the real thing that's interesting to me about the setup is there's a variable time length, right? Some not every game is forty eight hours, and I actually really dislike that because I think the length of the time of the game, um, really changes the the siding to it. I think this setup is probably closer to 50-50 with a 24-hour timer. With a 48-hour timer, you're giving town a lot more time to think things through. There's a lot more information, which does lead to information overload. Um, and so I think the idea of a setup that's designed without regards to time is just a little sketch to me. Um, and I really would like rather it be standardized. That said, I'm going to need to form Mafia. You don't have to listen to anything I say. So, so I actually think it is town-sided. And I think that, that looking at champs in general, champs is scum-sided because people don't form cohesive units until you get further along in the games. So, you know, at qualifier level, it's scum-sided no matter what you do. And when you get to semifinal to finale, you have people that know each other better, know how to work with each other better, know how people play better. And so you get it to be a more... Um, town-sided sort of thing there. And I think that what you see with this um, particularly is that um, the game, as you progress, results in more town wins. You know, only of the four semifinals and finale, only one was a scum win. And I would bet that if you played this game on your websites with people that you know well, you would find it to be more town-sided than it has been in the champ season. For champs, it's not town-sided in the early game, but for normal play, it is. So I'm curious for, for um, like how, uh, and this is just, we're just guesstimating here, uh, but in, in a regular MU setting, uh, how townside do you think it is how often will the town win percentage wise it's, it's like, so i am so i am going to probably captain the team this is too downside instead of no. um i'll be the be the naysayer again um i saw a great suggestion for the setup to be changing where if it went from being the beginning joke times two semifinals joke times one and then finale no joke play mountainous um, and that to me was the best balance. So I think that the thing is, and it's an unspoken thing and I'll bring it up. The towns in the beginning of the championship game are not the strongest towns we've ever seen. Let's be honest. It's a real thing. It's there's a, there's a bunch of people who are playing because they're happy to be here. And then as you move forward, you get the people who are like more like skilled and more trying to win a championship. Kind of um, I think that because mafia mafia has no way of identifying like i think if you actually instead of doing the joe sliding uh, sliding scale setup 
I would do it. I would just put two jokes, but I would put a roll cop on the mafia team. I think that the mafia has to have some kind of safety net of being like, all right, this is what our best bet is, but at least let me have a check so that way I can knock another player out of the game. I think helping them prune out the jokes faster um, has that, because we talked about that time scale. After a certain amount of time, it's just always a town win if jokes are alive on like day three or day four. So letting them have an opportunity to prune out the joke and figure out the joke through a check, um, I think would be much more mafia, would be more of a balance kind of thing. Because I think that if I was to play this in my video mafia community, where we all know each other, we've all been playing a lot through quarantine, everyone would be like, yeah, well, if you just have this check, like you automatically know this person. Like I've played a lot with Daya. If I played with like 10 Daya's in the setup, it would be extremely, like, town will win every time. Because we would have the, the two people who are scummy just get checked by the jokes, and then it's just game over. So and I also want to take the opportunity to say that Mountainous sucks and is not fun. Um, as much as people love it on this site, it is not a normal thing uh, on most sites. And even most, like, basic Mafia games have a, a seer or a cop um, a, among them. Um, so when we're talking about reaching out to communities, um, I do think that we get a little too, like, idyllic of an idea of what mountainous is, and mechanical play is also an important skill. And I, I keep seeing it, you know, well, the most important part of being a mafia player is how you solve, but mechanical play is a valued skill in most mafia forums. It's just that it's not valued as much on MU because MU values how you make reads and if those reads are correct more than uh, mechanical play. And I will say that my favorite season of uh, MU champs was when we had Matrix. And I mean, I, I, and I can uh, say as the person who's gone to these 400 something sites and have seen what games they actually play, it's honestly, I can count it on maybe one or two hands how many communities actually play mountainous. Uh, there's a lot of communities that know of the format, but communities that actually play it, are, there are not many of them. I think Standard. the real question here, though, is does it matter? So this is like for the goal of the event is like, is the goal to have a setup that's balanced or is it a goal to have a setup that will allow you to identify the best players in the game? I mean, in theory, if you had a setup, that town would always win no matter what. Let's say it's a 100% town rate. But every time you played the game, it would be played in such a way that regardless of alignment, you could identify who had the best process or whatever thing. Would that be a setup you would choose? That's, uh, no, but it's along the, the, it's along the lines of what we are searching for. Uh, that be, Because you're putting as an extreme, we wouldn't go for that, yeah, of course. Because that's what I was saying earlier, is I was like, I think what it's really good at is that yeah. regardless of it's like town sided or not. And if it is town sided, then it doesn't seem to be that far in one direction. But yeah. again, that discounts the whole mechanical play aspect. Um, and you even see that in live uh, mafia because I, I have played live mafia as well. And most of those games have a mechanical setup. They don't have a mountainous setup. So, you know, it depends on how much value you put on mechanical versus, you know, read-based skills when you don't have any help. Um, I think that they're different skills to have. And I think that 
Um, they're both valuable in different ways. And I don't think you can say one is more valuable than the other at finding the best player because the best player of Mountainous may suck at a mechanical setup. I'm talking about when I say, like, I think this format's really good at finding and, like, revealing good process. I'm talking about the Jote setup, not Mountainous. The right, dominant the Jote setup was based on Mountainous. It's meant to feel like Mountainous. The dominant setup on my home site is a setup that is semi-open, high-powerful madness where everyone has a PR, and there are also third parties, including a guaranteed serial killer with, with extra bells and whistles, and there's conversion. Oh, so, like, I'm coming from a context where, like, yes, we do also play, like, decent setups, um, <laughs> um, some of which are vanilla, but that was my introduction to Forum Mafia. That was the first setup I've ever played. Some of the games that I've actually enjoyed a lot were that, but also it's multi-ball. Um, yeah. And, uh, and at I the mean... same time, I don't think that would be a good setup for Chance. And it's not like I got to Chance and was like, oh no, there are no power balls except two jokes. I don't know what to do. Like I could still play the game. And obviously this isn't perfectly equivalent because I have played like, vanilla setups and had played them before I ever got to chance but I think that it's possible to to by default play a lot of games that are very high power and also enjoy and be okay at games that are not for sure and I guess just to to sort of summarize and you guys can still comment but just to summarize because I, I guess it can also be unclear what we're actually uh, looking for in a setup because not everyone's privy to what discussions we're actually having about these setups so I guess I'll just go on the record as making clear that actually going off of what uh, Shepard said we want to have a setup where you can determine uh, a best player uh, we want to have um, like and both sides should feel that they can win so that's 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 actually most important it, sh uh, it should feel balanced the mafia should feel I can win this if I, if I'm actually really really good I can win it I can maybe be unlucky but I can win this it doesn't feel unwinnable and the same should go for town so that's the level of overall balance we're going for and we can always only guesstimate at what percentage balance we're actually gonna get uh, unless we play hundreds of these and we're not ever gonna be able to play hundreds of these before the season starts um, then we wanna uh, then we also have a criteria, which is we want to change the setup each year because um, going off what Daya said, uh, some communities play mountainous and uh, some communities, actually most communities uh, value mechanical play or actually or at least deal with mechanical play. And it's different games. I mean, mountainous mafia and, and uh, road madness, it's, it's different games. We call it both mafia, but it's actually different games. So in essence, whoever wins this season isn't so much uh, a mafia champion as they are the jote uh, times two uh, champion like that's that is what they championed in there are many other ways to play the game and they could certainly be a champion or very good at other uh, games but whenever we're dealing with different setup it, it, is, it is actually a new game we're playing we're introducing very new dynamics and new roles into the game um so yeah uh Speaking to what you said earlier, Fighter, um, regarding changing up throughout the season, that is an interesting idea. I think we should talk more about it. Uh, and I guess that's what I'll say now, because I'm not sure on it. So I guess we'll, we'll talk about it. It's an interesting idea. Uh, it, one, it's hard to think of setups. Uh, so I would be very opposed to doing like 
totally different setups, like doing Mountainous and then Road Madness and then doing a, a conversion game or whatever for the finale, like doing it like that. Uh, but the idea of like if this was the starting point, having a Jote and then uh, two Jotes and then having one Jote for the semifinals and then having no Jotes for the finals is an idea. Uh, I do think it messes with the idea of uh, the season being a test of one setup uh, because I think that that may be the best way to do it because uh, it's hard to see how skills translate across different setups. Like you're just introducing a different game. And I think and that this is the final thing we want with these setups. We want them to be approachable, especially for newcomers. Like we want to be inviting to new communities, new players. We don't want to overcomplicate things. So when they're when we're going out to them saying this is what you're playing, we want them like we want to preferably just say this is the setup you're playing. This is all you need to focus on, uh, because uh, people who have played many different setups from MU, they're used to each new game being a new setup. But on many communities, they're used to just playing the same setup over and over again, uh, just with different themes. Uh, so it wouldn't be very inviting. Uh, is my gut uh, reaction to to this? Oh, I have an echo from someone. Oh. Think it's gone now. No, uh, is, so, is someone having uh, their speaker on? Test, test, test. All right, I think it's gone again. All right, cool. Uh, anyway, that's that. Um, we're talking a bit about next season, uh, and uh, one thing that's happening next season. Um, by the way, if you guys have to go, uh, you can definitely go. Uh, we're about to wrap this up. We're on the last two topics uh, of the agenda. Uh, but next season, guess what you guys are doing? Hopefully, <laughs> you, you aren't <laughs> you aren't uh, actually obliged to. <laughs> we aren't forcing you. We aren't we aren't going to the games. <laughs> but uh, you're trying to run away. <laughs> but you're doing jury duty next year. Hopefully, yeah. how do you guys feel about that? Hell yeah, I'm genuine when I say that I was motivated to make the finals because I want to be on the jury. That sounds super fun to me. So I'm yeah, looking for it. Same. Yeah. same. Uh, I don't find it, I definitely don't find it as fun as you five. <laughs> um, but I, so I'm somebody this year because quarterfinals actually, I had a pretty good game but I didn't make it. So like I'm really excited to be on the jury for the people who like play good games and don't get voted in. And to like spot that person and like make sure they make it in, like that to me seems like the best fun part of the year. I also I'm think excited. it's gonna be fun because we get to be juried together, and I really enjoyed this game this year. And I feel like jury chat's gonna be a really good time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just look forward to arguing why everyone should advance. So. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till everybody else rips us a new one because they don't agree with anything we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're thinking this is going to be a lot of fun. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun, like, looking at this group. I'm excited to to uh, watch from the sidelines. Uh, I don't write anything, but I do often join chat and just see how things are going. Uh, but, yeah, there there's always the the hard choices and the, oh, God, what are they going to think of this? But uh, you'll stand strong together, I imagine. I'm very excited to see it. Uh, so so is everyone on board here for Jury Dirty? Is that what you're saying? All right, all right. I mean, just, I mean, just Actually, when I made the finale, um, that was the first thing I thought of was that I made it to jury chat. 
Um, and no, I'm, I'm being absolutely serious. I was really excited about it. Is Jury Chat as fun as you all make it? Because you guys make it actually sound fun. Like it, to me, it didn't sound like that much fun. Like it sounded no, like they an have obligation a lot... to serve. But uh, the the previous juries have always said that it's a lot of fun to talk to people and to be with that mix of people. It's it's also hard, um, but. I think it's going to be a lot of fun and I enjoy reading games and trying to pick out the people who are making the right cases, but not necessarily pushing ahead. Yeah. I, I will uh, piggyback off what Dias says because uh, I've uh, been on juries myself uh, and uh, I've, I've seen uh, all the juries and it, and it's basically just a f a f like an even funner uh, spec chat uh, most of the time. Because it's just cool people that you have, uh, where you have a relationship with everyone, and also uh, most of the chats uh, have stayed active after. So, like even now, there's I think there's uh, the f uh, season four jury. <laughs> yeah, they're still judging you guys, <laughs> but like these are still chats that are being active each year, and they're still talking with each other about how the games are going. So, you guys can look forward to that. You can keep it going if you want. Um. All right. Awesome. Yes, TK, I'm give us your age reveal. Oh, we have an age rule going on. He told us if we made it to finale, if all three of us made it to finale from our uh, our semi-final game, that he would reveal his age at the uh, podcast. I mean, TK, you're being put on the spot here. We got we got to hear an answer. <laughs> Are you old? <laughs> Jack of Hearts asks. <laughs> <laughs> that's the funniest. So that's the funniest thing to me is like putting some faces to your names and things like that, and being like, "Oh, that's what that person looks like." <laughs> yeah. Are you telling me he's not actually a radish? <laughs> this is just a front. There's a radish behind me controlling the strings right now. And I mean, fighter's not in a tunnel. That doesn't make sense. Where's the tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> it's very uh, true. <laughs> um, talking about our, we're we're, we're going to have to wait uh, patiently for TK's reveal. Uh, while we do that, uh, I guess my final question is. Um, well, one, if you guys want to talk about anything here uh, as we close off, uh, you can do so if there's anything you want to mention or any shout-outs you want to give or anything. But uh, There is one thing I want to mention. Yeah. I, I, I know I said this at the end of the game, but I want to make sure everyone kind of hears it. Even if you have a wolf read on someone, don't discount their reads completely. You can often get things out of reading through wolf walls that you wouldn't necessarily get later, spew or not. And if they turn out to be a villager, you might get some information you need. Um, being ignored in a game is not pleasant for anyone, and I don't wish it on anyone. I, I can understand that. And, and, and another reason to uh, pay heed to that advice is uh, if they are a town, they have more information than uh, all the other townies in the game because they know their town so they are at that point operating with more information and making reads and cases that have more information than you do because you're just assuming them to be mafia uh so that i think that definitely rings true uh ghost talk to a dia from jag of hearts um yeah uh regarding next season uh does anyone have any uh suggestions and this can be related to the setup. We already talked about that, but the overall tournament format, rules you'd want to introduce or change, the number of participant communities or whatever. Like, this is your. Uh, I think um, I'm not sure. Has Dells already sent out the survey? 
uh, after he sees, oh, oh okay, yeah. he hasn't. Well, yeah. uh, I'll have to prod him, uh, but he, I'm sure he or someone else will be doing that uh, shortly. But uh, this is uh, your chance to give feedback uh, on anything you'd like, uh, because uh, we've never had a season where we haven't made what I think are good changes, and we've definitely made changes each season. Uh, so I'm sure uh, next season isn't going to be any exception. Make everybody gestures. <laughs> mm. That would be fun. This is a super specific thing, but I think it would be an improvement anyway. Um, the rule regarding don't talk about subs. That is a universal on the universe as far as I'm aware, and I think mm. it's a good rule. But I also know that on many sites, not only is it not a rule, it's something that nobody has even considered. So mm. they enter this tournament with that mindset that talking about subs is not only allowed, it is completely ordinary. So even when they have a post in front of them that says, don't talk about subs, it's hard to process that and to register it immediately and then to apply that to every single post from there on, from there forward. And I think that rule could be clarified um, more precisely in a way that is more likely to result in players following the rule. We saw this year that that was violated a few times, and I think it's happened in a few previous tournaments as well. Um, again, it's a super specific notion, but I yeah. think folks could stand to probably make that more explicit, even if it takes caps lock size seven plot. Yeah. I mean, I think no matter how explicit you make it, people are always going to talk about subs a little bit. Like, let's say it's the end of day two, and I sub in two hours before the end of the day. Um, and I haven't read any of the game set. And I'm like, hey, guys, I haven't read any of the game set. Now, obviously, if someone, if someone who'd been in the game for all of day one and all of day two up to that point hadn't read the game set, he'd be like, what the fuck? What are you doing here? Uh, pardon my language. But there's an extent to which you have to accommodate for the fact that subs are going to be reading up on the game set. You can't be like, you haven't read the game set. Clearly, that means you're a wolf. You have to, like give them some time to actually process any of the things that happened before they got in. And you're never going to be able to stop people from talking about that entirely, even if you like make a rule and enforce it super strictly. You're just not. Um, to be honest, when you talk about things like, oh, you need to get caught up and stuff like that, that doesn't count for talking about subs. It's when you're saying specifically that, um, oh, you know, they subbed out because they're a wolf, that it's a real problem. W-S-T-F-O. Yeah. Um, and reading people off of whether they subbed in or not, or subbed out or not, is the real issue. So when we look at reports, and I'm speaking from a mod point of view with this, when we're looking at reports, if you're saying that someone, um, you know, needs time to catch up because they're a sub, we're not going to ding you or, or warn you or whatever. We're going to let that one go or maybe just, hey, gentle reminder here, try not to talk about subs. It's when people are sitting there and doing it over and over again and saying things like, you know, Tim's a wolf because he didn't sub out um, that we really have a problem with it. So I think it's a good point, um, but I think it's something that you have to understand we take into account and we're we're not as um, evil as people would make us out to be on the mod team so you know we're really cognizant of how we come across to people and we try to come across in a very friendly way um, but it's something that that we do take seriously when it's when it's more pointed 
Um, kind of on that note, I don't know uh, how it happened because uh, it wasn't like the automated post count. Um, but I, it wasn't really relevant to the game. But fighters uh, handle like I think it was manually changed from the silly one that it was to some new silly one, right? Right. Uh, which is pretty explicitly against the rules. Uh, uh, that was me. So I complained um, because I lost a spec chat bat bet early on in the tournament. And then so I got really annoyed because it was about two months after the toilet paper joke start, stopped being funny. Um, and I was like, so then I got that change. But that was not like anything like I didn't have the power to change whatever got changed. For it. Yeah, yeah, but that would have been better to just wait until the end yeah. of Chance That's fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like just like a random thing. I didn't point it out in the game because I didn't want I don't know. It was like no real information, but I was like, that's kind of weird that that happened. My yeah. only comment for next year would be uh, it didn't really come up too much this year from what I saw, but I really hope that the daytime is standardized for whatever the rule set is and the rule set is accommodated to the day phase time. I think, like I said earlier, talking about those as two different elements um, just doesn't seem right to me. I mean, I, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, I guess it comes back to the point of this tournament is to um, have uh, as many uh, communities in place that want to play, play. And then in order to achieve that, uh, in order to make this have a broad appeal, we need to accommodate uh, um, these people. And uh, people have very different preferences. Uh, so it wouldn't be... I mean, we could say that we only have uh, 24 faces, but then a lot of people wouldn't want to play or they'd be very annoyed and they wouldn't find it as fun. And I guess we do actually mean just want people to find it to be at least somewhat fun to play in the tournament. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I also say that as somebody, I got put in phases I don't like every single uh, round of the tournament. So Yeah, I would have mm. killed for a 12-12 because that's what, oh, how God, I would play. God, not a 12-12. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would never play a 12-12. would have been perfect. Yeah, I would have like 36 or 24 is like probably would have been like uh I, more preferred. My my one my one suggestion that I have and like I think it's a double-sided thing. I think you have to either take away one thing or allow the other thing. I think that you have to either take away mentioning spec chat during a game and like the hand wave like fun like high spec chat kind of waves or you have to add the ability to talk about this player might have played this way because they're trying to advance. We kind of, it's coded talk is like champs hero syndrome, but like I go into like, I knew I went into the first, like my semifinal game, I think going like, I have to play well, so I have to win. And I was judging other people like, and I think that's something that shapes a lot of people, whether they want to say it out loud or not, is I want to play well and I'm going to work a little harder than I usually did because I'm trying to win. And I think that's something that affects people's reads i think that's something that affects people's effort levels so if i can't mention like if i can't mention that i think so and so is playing hard because they're trying to look good then i also shouldn't be able to mention that like oh hi spec chat hi group of people i'm trying to look good in front of like i think it's a, it's a two-way street that like one way is closed off but another way is open it's kind of a weird way of wording things but i hope that kind of makes sense That's, I'll have to digest that, and also I guess I'll maybe have to look at specific instances of uh, that, uh, because I can't immediately see why it's, it would be problematic to just say hi, spec chat. Uh, but I'm yeah, um, I don't see it as a problem either, um, because I'm more, I, I will admit I am more for team. Let me talk about other like let me talk about the fact that I think somebody might be posting just to look good rather than to actually talk. So why can't you just say that 
instead of saying they want it to advance? Why can't you just say, I think someone is trying to look good, but not necessarily solve? Why does it have to be about advancement? I, I think I said that in the game, in this game, actually, that I thought maybe you wanted to um, defend Michelle to kind of be the hero of the town. I think I said that. Um, right. I just think that you should be able to explicitly say that. But, but why? Uh, okay, like, because what does it add? Right, because I think that makes I think that puts a lot more. I think that puts a level of like when we we just talked about subs. Like I remember in one of my games, somebody subbed out, and I thought that they were wolfy before they subbed out. And like I remember the Ram W S D F O. I remember having that thought, but not being able to say that out loud. Like I think that if you have a thought during a game, that you should be able that as long as it's not like a negative like a hole thought, you should be able to voice the thought. But you have to remember that. We try to treat games as isolated things. Um, so that means that, yeah, you can't talk about subs because in the space of the game, the sub is the same person as the person who left. Um, and in the space of the game, there is no advancement. So we're talking about games in their isolated senses instead of uh, games as, you know, including real life more, etc. So um, that's why those things aren't allowed. You shouldn't be able to say those things just because they occur to you, because the integrity of the game is based on the sub being the same person, whether or not the same exact person. Um, and the same goes for talking about advancements or not advancements. It, it changes the integrity of the game. And yeah, I, think I, also, I also think that it's, like, it, it's awkward to kind of not be able to talk about everything you think. I, I synthesize with that, but I also think like, there's a danger that the game becomes about advancement in the game, which I think is unhealthy for the game. Yeah, so picking off of that, piggybacking off of that, what we want to avoid is people having, this. It's especially we want to avoid people having to defend themselves against things that aren't in-game. Like, if people have to defend themselves against that, uh, people think uh, I'm a wolf because the person uh, subbed out and I subbed in, that's not a good spot to put someone in. If a person has to defend himself against someone saying, "Well, I think you're trying because you want to advance," that's that's not the game. Like that's th then you're making the game about something else. Like it becomes something completely else. You're not playing the game that we've set you up to play. So it's like, it's that we want to avoid. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a that's a good reasonable argument. I think yeah. it also can create an environment where there's potential for unreasonable toxicity. I know yeah. that if yeah. I were. Putting forth a great deal of effort, and somebody suggested that I was doing so for the sake of advancement, even if they genuinely believe that. If it's not true, that's going to make me angry. Yeah, <laughs> that might influence the way that I behave, and I can see that going south for some people. And I've seen it uh, because SDN, where I used to play, um, used to uh, it was all open communication basically, um, and so people were. Oh, well, they weren't on, or they were on Facebook, which is what we use to message uh, for some of the people. They were on Facebook, but they didn't respond to me. They must be a wolf. And that kind of thing gets really out of hand really quickly. Sure. Uh, but uh, but I, I want to uh, clarify that it's also very complicated with all these rules because on one hand, you want to simplify the rules so it's easy to comprehend the rules and follow the rules, uh, but you also want to uh, avoid all the icky situations. Uh, but it's also a matter of, well, we can't actually hardcore enforce all of it because if we did, we'd have to mod kill a lot of people and that just would ruin the games. And this is ultimately about fun. So it's all about finding a balance in there. I would say that we've generally found uh, the 
the balance pretty well in there and i think our mods uh, do a good job of reaching out to people who make those like talk about subs or stuff they shouldn't and it's just saying it's yeah, like we're not mad at you it's just we understand that you new rules are hard tough in new places but and people usually respond pretty well to it and it's rare that we see uh, a lot of it especially in the latter stages of the tournament um Oh yeah, I was just I just remi- uh, remembered that we didn't even have any subs in the finals. That's also pretty cool. I'm, I think that's that might be a first. At least it's the first final that we haven't had a sub or a mod kill, because I don't think we had a not s- in the game. Uh, sorry, what do you say? At least not a sub in the game. I think technically RTA subbed for. Oh yeah, 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 mm, yeah. Uh, in the game, yeah, during the game, exactly. All right. Uh, well. Uh, I think that's all we have on the agenda for now. We've talked for two hours. This is one of the longer podcasts. I, I had a, a, a sneaky suspicion it might end up being like that. Uh, I'm very thankful uh, for all of you being here. Uh, and that includes uh, you guys here with me on the podcast and includes everyone in the Twitch chat. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I guess uh, before I say uh, goodbye uh, and uh, and see you for next season, uh, if you guys want to have any sh- uh, do any shout outs, uh, I'll uh, leave the floor to you uh, for these final moments. Shout out to Dobby, who was one of the best wolf partners I've ever had, but also uh, got himself killed night one of the finale by soft claiming goat. I think that was amazing. Dobby is excellent at this game, and I. Would love to play with him more. If you if you like yelling and scream, if you like yelling, it's not don't want to say yelling and screaming. If you like this kind of format for Mafia, I, the Mafia community I represent is Mini Mafia. We play on Thursdays starting at about 8 p.m. ET, and we go until about 2 a.m. in the morning around my time. So jump in, jump out. It's a fun kind of format. I would encourage you all to come around and hang out with us over there. We stream to Twitch. Uh, it's Mini Mafia. Shout out to the Syndicate for letting me represent y'all. I love you guys. Shout out to Slooney for outperforming me as my substitute. Uh, shout out to Stay Positive Friend for allowing me to ride her coattails to free wins. <laughs> oh, yeah. Shout I out have to... to. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, well, I, I just wanted to shout out to Personality Cafe and also to Hallie, uh, who was um, my sub in the champs and also got to the finals. So. Uh, shout out to for for forum of lies it's my my home community and i i i i like them all a lot and shout out to my 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 friends from fol who played there who played in the who played in the in champs as well mist who made it to the finale and orange who didn't even though he's probably a better player than i am uh one last shout out to spec shack uh suck eggs (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, I want to give a shout out to the LA gaming community and uh, Petros who organized this whole thing and then even though he was the one that set it up with Lissa, um, sent me instead thank you so much for that opportunity I also just want to say thank you to everybody in the call everybody in the chat um, everybody in the Forum Mafia community I've never felt so welcomed I felt like I, I showed up, I didn't know anything and I've gotten nothing but niceness and it's been really fun and I know you guys are trying to create a community for that, and I think you've done an excellent job. And also, shout out to my partner for putting up with Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> I have no shout outs. What are you guys talking about? <laughs> shout, out, shout out to all the jokes in the game. There's I was going to say, I was going to say, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, all the people took a bullet for you. Actually, you know what? I, I do want to say, um, undoubtedly, based on having watched all the qualifiers, Jay had 
an amazing joke two times in a row. He got a red check in one. He found the other joke in the other. And I feel kind of bad for constantly overshadowing him. So um, <laughs> well done, Jake. You actually did really well, too. Too. <laughs> And uh, yeah, awesome. Uh, and uh, as I saw, we actually had Stay Positive Friend join us here the last uh, in the last minutes. So uh, again, another shout out to Stay Positive Friend. Shout out to all the finalists. Shout out to uh, the jury. Uh, not to forget, uh, some I believe some of you guys are here because of the jury. I can't remember who advanced directly, who didn't. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Shepard says thanks. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and um, I mean. See you guys next season, hopefully. Uh, I hope to be able to do a podcast uh, next season. Uh, if anyone else wants to do it, uh, you can reach out to me. Uh, maybe we can tag team on it or you can do it. Uh, I do hope there will be one uh, next year. I've loved getting to talk with you guys, getting to know you. And I know that people have loved, uh, uh, the, the spectators have loved getting to know you and putting faces to uh, the names they've seen yell at each other uh, in the various threats. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be exciting to see... Um, who wins? The, I mean, this the season is over yet. We're st- we still have to see the winners. That's exciting, and at, at, and the top three, etc. And uh, yeah, uh, and I hope to see you guys play with each other on the various communities uh, on MU, but also on the various communities. Um, so I hope that happens. Um, unfortunately, I'm too busy to play myself, but I'll try to uh, spectate. Um, and if you guys want to set anything up like between the communities like uh, you can also reach out to me and i'll gladly help coordinate uh, i love doing that sort of things and seeing things happen and i think that's it uh so one final thank you and uh, this is Thingman signing off for mafia championships 2020 one of the good things that happened in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> bye bye everyone